Today on the Zoom Zoom Show, it is the World Champs Preview Show. We will break down, geek out all of the our, our wonderful team of 20 athletes heading to Eugene, and we'll tell you where they're at, what they've been doing this year, where they're ranked, what they need to do to get through to the next round and potentially medal. And we've got Rosie Elliott debuting at the World Champs, got the call up a week or two ago, and now she's over there putting on the black singlet, ready to crush it in the 400 metres. And we've got heaps of news to cover off as well, that Kiwis have just been crushing it out there in the world of track and field. And we're away, the final of the 100 metres, here we go. Tell you what, she's given it a decent old nudge there. Yes! Over 60! That's what she was looking for. The pack is chasing. The pack is trying to hunt him down. So aggressive in her crossover steps as she whips that through. Opened up a 15-metre gap on the Olympic bronze medalist. Can he hold it together? Here he goes, putting his foot down. She's on the toe. She gone. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome along to the Zoom Zoom Show. My name is Hayden Sherman, and it's just me today. Alicia is about to board a plane heading off to Eugene, Oregon, to catch all the action at the World Champs, and that is the, really the big talking point for the show. This uh, episode, we are going to do the big hype up for the, the World Champs. This is the big one we've been waiting for this year. We're sending a team of 20 Kiwis to take on the world, and what a team it is. It's just absolutely amazing to see all these athletes peaking at this time of year, and I'm going to go through the news briefly before we get to our interview for the week, and there's been a lot of people PBs, everyone's just sort of sharpening up, ready for ready for ready for world champs. So expect to see some fireworks from the Kiwis in Eugene, Oregon. Now, this week on the show, we have Rosie Elliott, who was a very late call-up to the team. She managed to get the points nailed. Winning the Oceania Champs definitely helped in the 400 metres. She's just had a wonderful, uh, well, it's been a, a roller coaster couple of years with illness and injury uh, and last year and then this year making the switch into the 400 metres and now finding herself with the black singlet earning a spot in the uh, world's team. And what, a, what an amazing story that is. And it really just captures the essence of, of this show, really, what we're... we're we're trying to pr promote is is athletes, Kiwi athletes, just going through the roller coaster that is the athletic journey, and then uh, you know finding the finding the gold, the pot of gold at the end of the ra rainbow, and, and getting that call up to the to represent your country. How cool is that? Uh, really great interview. So thank you, Rosie, for taking the time and amongst all your prep for for world champs. So be sure to stick around and watch that. Now, first of all. I'm going to cover off the news from the past week or so, and there's some key key performances from our from our squad heading to Eugene. Also, some key performances uh, leading into New Zealand cross country champs, which is coming up at the end of this month. So, uh, some some important stuff that we need to uh, go through and just tick off. And then after Rosie's interview, I'll come back with just a little breakdown, a little geek out on on what to expect from our team over there in Eugene, where they're ranked in the world, what sort of marks they'll need to be looking to hit to make it into the next round or make the finals, make top eight, make medals. Uh, and all that sort of stuff. Okay, 
into the news for the week. Right, so we had the Gold Coast Marathon over, oh, when was it? Not not this weekend just gone, but the one before. And I'll just quickly rattle through the, the key results. And they were in the half marathon. So we had three Kiwis, uh, three Kiwi men right up near the front of the action with Michael Voss, the best of those Kiwis in 104.07. There was a PB. Good run from Michael. He uh, took down Julian Oakley. Uh, I think that this is his second half marathon after he won down in Christchurch a few weeks ago. He got 14th in 106.09. And then a good run from Chris Dryden as well with a 106.53. So expecting all three of those boys to jump over and uh, take part in the National Cross Country Champs in Taupo. Now, in the women's half marathon, Laura Nagel came through with a really good PB of 115.50. So she continues her fantastic year, and that got her on the podium into third place. And Hannah Miller was just a minute or so back uh, with a 116.57 and fifth place. So good running from the ladies there. You've got to think Hannah and Laura will be uh, battling it out for that New Zealand cross-country title, assuming they, they are back in the country and <laughs> putting on their cross-country spikes. Now, as our sort of hype and build up towards that New Zealand cross country champs, we had uh, the North Island cross country champs. Uh, when was it? The third of July, I want to say. Uh, that was in uh, Taupo, as it is every year. Of course, this year that same venue is going to host the New Zealand cross country champs. So a few athletes getting down there to check it out, check out the course, and familiarise themselves with it. It's a really good course because it's it's rolling, but it's it's all on pumice. So if it's even if it's been raining, it stays pretty dry underfoot. Um, with yeah, it's it's cross country, so it's a little bit muddy, but it's not like the mud bath that we've seen at other courses. So that. That will be a really interesting dynamic. You've got hills, uh, you've got really nice rolling terrain, uh, but it's usually pretty dry underfoot, so means you can get into a good rhythm. So the results from that, the senior women's, Anika Grogan took out their 5K race, and weird that the women are running just 5K. I feel like equal opportunities. <laughs> let's make 9K and 9K, senior women, senior men, let's let's keep it the same. Uh, but anyway, the old school approach. So 5K for the women for this one. Anika Grogan took that out with a 18.00, and Kerry White in second place with a 18.16, Jess Wright with an 18 38. In the senior men's, Toby Galter took it out. Uh, he is back from the States. Uh, he had a good solid year on scholarship over in the college system. I can't remember which college he's going to. Is it Michigan? East Michigan, maybe? Off the top of my head. Anyway, so the 9K, he took that out in 28.52. Ronan Lee was just 10 seconds back in uh, 29.02. And Liam Lamb, um, another 20 seconds back. So f expect those three to feature. And you've got to think Toby Golter will want to... Uh, stick it to the, the domestic athletes and, and give the national title a good shot uh, next year. He's a gutsy runner, so um, yeah, at the, the cross-country champs, that will be definitely one to watch. Now, the other cross-country event that is a key signaller before uh, national champs is the Canterbury champs, and I just want to quickly rattle through who took out the, the places in that. So, Eva Pringle 
took up the, the 10k senior women's title with a 38.02. Olivia Ritchie with a 38.40 was in second and Anne McDonald was third in 39.41. And the boys, it was a nice close racing. We had four guys all battling it out for most of the race. Dan Belchin took the honours with a 32.55 just eight seconds ahead of Caden Shields and just two seconds back to Cameron Clark and then Oscar Baines with a 33.09 just four seconds behind third place. So those four, let's hope they all come north to Topo and we get to see them line up against the likes of Michael Voss and Julian Oakley and there. Maybe will we have Ollie Chignall? Ollie, if you're listening, come back. <laughs> Hop on a plane and uh, we want to see you reclaim your national cross-country title because there will be some fireworks in Topo at the end of the month. Okay, now let's jump over to all those in the Northern Hemisphere who are hunting down meats and busting out really good times and throwing shot puts very fast. So first of all, Zoe Hobbs in the 100 metres. She is still on great form. She ran an 11.25 to take out first place in Sweden at a meet there. Uh, so that was good. 11.25 with a 1.6 tailwind. Good signs again. You know, she's just getting so consistently in the low 11s. Very cool to see. Also coming first in Europe was Georgia Hulls, who ran a 23.62. So she will be at the World Champs again, uh, running the 200 metres. So 23.62, and she had a 1.6 metre tailwind. She took the win there in Bron in France. Very cool moving up to the middle distances. In the 800 metres, uh, Jennifer Hawker has been, I, I always uh, I'm trying to work out whether it's Hawker or Hawk. Jenny, let us know because we need to get this sorted. Um, I think it's Hawk, but yeah, it's, it's always tricky when, when it's German and, and involved. Um, so anyway, all right, so she's over in, I think it was in Germany uh, at a um, European permit meet over there. On the 9th of July, she ran a PB of 203.29 in the 800 metres, so 203.29, and in that same meet, Cara McDermott dropped a PB with a 205.70, so cool to see Cara over in Europe as well. Um, she has done a lot of running in the last little while, so I'll mention her shortly. First of all, touching on the 800 metres, James Preston has continued his really good season uh, with a 147 in Houston and then ran in the, um, what do they call it, the national event within the Diamond League program in Stockholm and got fifth place, I believe it was, at the um, in that event running a 148. Didn't Wasn't the greatest performance by his standards. And when we get to that World Champs team, I can't help but think, he is one of the ones who can feel most aggrieved to have missed missed out on the team because he has been running so well this season. And James, if you're listening to this, I hope you can uh, stay stay the course and because uh, I know that there will be big things coming if you continue that trajectory that he's on. So, okay, 1,500 metres over in Europe. I mentioned Cara McDermott earlier. She ran in Birmingham a few days ago at the British Milers Club and ran a 4.18, nice and solid, but a couple of days before that in Houston in Belgium, ran a PB 
Oh, very close to a PB with a 4.16.87. So that's just half a second outside her personal best. So she's running really well. Good to see. Okay, moving up in distance to the 3 and the 5K. Eric Speakman has been over in Ireland uh, running very well. He recently got a PB in the 3K, running a 7.50 19 and at the modern games in the 5000 meters he got second with a 1335 in the 5000 meters also at the uh, the Cork City Sports where where Eric ran his 3k we had Rebecca Green in a 3k as well running 917 for a PB coming in 10th place so good solid running from Eric and Rebecca in Ireland and let's address what's been happening in the shot put because our three shot putters who are going to the World Champs have all done a little pre-meet before World Champs and they're all looking pretty good. Uh, first of all, Madison Lee Wish, uh, Wishy uh, in Edmonton through 19.01. So that's just nine centimetres out of her personal best. Remember, she set that at the National Champs this year, taking up the title. Um, and so she has proved that she's in near career best form with that 1901, and that will definitely get her in the picture, certainly to make the, the final. If she can throw in the, into the 19, she's got to be in that final, and then who knows what can happen once she's in that final. So she's on the up and up, and re remember, she's only 20, 22 years of age. Like she's still young, and to have an Olympic final under her belt already, uh, you know, big things coming from, from the girl wearing the sunnies in the shot put circle. Now, Tom Walsh has thrown... Pretty, pretty good, pretty solid with a 21.69 in Georgia, USA. That was back in the 2nd of July. And this is where the cool little story comes because he threw 21.69 the same day, 12 hours or so before in the AUT Millennium track in Auckland. Jacko, before jumping on the plane heading over to the States, threw a 21.58. So that compares to Tom's 21.69. Now, all of Tom's throws were over 21, except for one which he fouled out, and all six of Jacko's were over 21 metres. So consistency is there for both of them. Can they pull it together? Can we get... Well, can we get one one medal, and or could we? Dare we dream to get two Kiwi medals in the shot put? Let's let's see. We'll break that down shortly. Anyway, that is the news. We're going to hand over to our national 400 meter champion, uh, Oceania 400 meter champion Rosie Elliott. She has earned her place on the world champs team. Here she is uh, with an interview we recorded a couple of days ago. Rosie Elliott, thank you for joining the show. It's good to have you here. You're obviously coming to us live from Eugene, Oregon, and this is this is a pretty crazy journey. We have to kind of fill in the connect the dots because I remember back in January I saw a high jump um, PB <laughs> come through for you. So you're like a hundred, two hundred meter runner uh, who just set a high jump PB in January, and now you find yourself doing the 400 meters at the world champs in Oregon just six months later. So what the heck has happened over the last six months? Let's, let's fill in the dots. Um, well, so not, not to be, not to be overlooked also as my shot put PB that I got back in oh, November. I remember that. You, um, you went, did yeah. you go over 10 meters? I broke 10 meters. I threw 10.01, um, <laughs> which was, it was a very exciting day for me. Um, That's pretty epic. Yeah. Um, had had think, you done, cause you, you've, You've dabbled in a bit of 
multi-eventing, right? So you must have thrown the shot foot before because 10 metres, that's a, that's a good, good little mark to get over. Yeah, yeah, it was it was yeah. nice. Um, I mean, yeah. yeah, I had done a little bit of shot as part of um, as part of HEP previously. I actually did a bit of throws yeah. training down in um, Dunedin with um, Raylene down there. But that that awesome. day, I had um, I had a, a bet with Tian Welton that um, <laughs> <laughs> the one of us that lost would have to run a four hundred meters. Um, ah. he, lost. he lost, so I threw. I mean, I threw my shot put further than he threw his shot put. So he actually hasn't run right. 400 meter yet he hasn't um, fulfilled his end no, of the bargain he hasn't no so Tian, if you're if you're listening the world knows about the the, the deal now. I've, I've exposed him he has to do it now <laughs> <laughs> and you're the one he, who's gone on to run count. the 400s <laughs> i know i know i did it i did it instead it's not justice. so do you remember what he threw um it wasn't 10 meters it wasn't 10 meters there we go. It was was it so he i'm guessing he was throwing the men's the men's shot he was um, he was yeah, yeah. um yeah. i can't I've, remember i can't remember what he threw yeah wasn't this off. is i would love to have just at the end of nationals like a a fun little shot put competition just get all the all the athletes from all the other events and just yeah, see I'm, that, I'm, look at them throw I'm them down obviously the throwers can't can't take part <laughs> i'm more envisioning the um the male distance runners having issues with picking up the shot put they might have to do one with a lighter one i'm not sure <laughs> tennis ball yeah, yeah. Golf ball, maybe. yeah. Tennis ball might be i would delicious. i would pay good money to see uh the sam tanner ollie chignall matchup that would be that'd be great yeah we can surely we can make that happen surely we can make it happen yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, next next nationals. Let's do it. So, so you you set a shot put PB this this season. You've done the high jump PB, and then where, where did the four hundred factor in? Like, obviously, you're kind of joking with Tian back in November, but um, now it's become reality. You manifested this thing in the universe, and it's arrived. So, t- yeah. talk to us about where the, where this came from. Um. So. Obviously, my first 400 was the one at Sir Graham Douglas. Um, And, you know, that was a journey. Um, There were a lot of thoughts during that race. It's a hard race. Um, (laughs) Mostly regretful thoughts. Yeah. Um, But it was was sort of just something that I did for a bit of banter. Um, Yeah. I thought it would be cool to go and see how I stacked up against the other 400-meter runners. You know, I had a pretty good idea of what sort of time I could probably run based off how I was going in training and stuff. Um, I had been focusing primarily on the 200 meters so far that season. And, right. you know, 400 yeah. is, is good training for a 200, really. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, was... so, so had you done much for that sort of longer stuff? Like, do you remember what your longest rep was before actually doing the 400? Like, My I'm longest rep would have been 300 meters. I wouldn't right. have done anything further than that. <laughs> That's amazing. And so um, I'm just trying to find the results from Sir Graham Douglas. So you did a 52.99. Mm, yeah, so uh, just something that's sub-53. And, and you beat Izzy and, and Cameron, the sort of reigning number one and two in New Zealand in, in their own event. So that, mm-hmm. they must have been a bit perturbed to have this 100, 200 girls suddenly step up. Um, <laughs> it was potentially a shock, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I remember seeing you afterwards and you were in a, a fair amount of pain and suffering. So mm-hmm. um, 
did you at that stage think, oh, maybe there's a bit of future for me in this in this event, or was that still like, no, that was a one and done? Um, it definitely inspired. So I'd actually entered the 400 for nationals as well before you had already. Oh, nice. Yeah, the nationals entries had already closed, um, and yes. I decided to enter the one, two, and four just because yeah. we were on that compressed program. It worked much better than if we were doing it over the three days. Right. Um, yeah. And so I hadn't decided whether or not I was actually going to run it. Um, and that kind of locked it in for me, but I was definitely still considering myself very much to be a 100, 200 runner. My, um, I think I said before that my focus for the season was the 200, yeah. um, which didn't really, I didn't feel really came together. I struggled a lot with the 200 over the season. Um, yeah. Okay. And I have, unfortunately, I unfortunately lost a lot of love for it. Um, yeah. Which is fine because now I have now I have the four hundred. Yeah, you, you've got a you've got a nice replacement. Why do yeah. why have things when you can do uh, do twice the distance and get exactly. twice your money's worth? Um, cool. And so, do you know what it was with the two hundred? Like, what was um, it? The training or was it the the race itself? Like, um, it was it was the race itself. So, I, yeah, interesting. Um, you may have noticed I'm not a very good bend runner. Um, okay. So, <laughs> so you I, decided to do two bands rather than yeah, exactly. Than well, it's, they're yeah. a little bit they're a little bit slower, which I found yeah. I found yeah. easier. Um, but yeah, just running running the bend that's sort of a hundred percent has been something that I've always yeah. struggled with. So at pretty much most races that I've done, I've been sort of fifth or sixth coming off the bend, right? Um, and then make it up in the final one hundred. Um, and yeah, it just sort of it just sort of didn't really come together at all um i'm sure yeah. a lot of that that contributed to that but in my head that's that's one of the big ones yeah and it is interesting i can remember wade van niekirk back in 2016 when he broke the world record at the olympics mm. and he was running in lane eight so i do wonder you know that not having to be so aggressive on those those bends what what difference mm. that that makes the theory goes that running in lane eight's not good because you've got you're just running solo right um, yeah. hopefully solo all the way to the end but hopefully yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um I am I am quite a chaser so lane eight isn't great for me yes but yeah. um yeah yeah you, you need a rabbit to chase in front of you yeah yeah Cool. And so then uh, you take the national title, but the other, the other things that you pick up is the silver and the 100 and mm. the, the 200. So that was an epic weekend. At it was, it was a, it was a wild weekend. Um, and I'd like to give a shout out to Craig Motley for being so understanding when I said I didn't want to run the four by four. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think you had a pass on that. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a crazy weekend. Luckily, we didn't end up having to run 400 heats, which were scheduled. And then I believe right. Porsche Porsche Bing pulled out, which meant that we no longer yes. had to had to run those, which um, <laughs> which was a huge relief. Did you buy a drink afterwards? Maybe <laughs> just a... oh, I should I should have I should yeah. have. Yeah, or you'll have time over the next couple of weeks, exactly. right? To exactly. Exactly. Once we're done competing, I'll I'll take her out. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And um, and then you skip over to Aussie. Were you, were you at Aussie Nationals? You were, eh? Um, right. And and then Oceania is after that. So you take the yeah. Oceania title, which played yeah. a really important role to get you over the line to get you to Eugene, from what I can work out. Yes. Um, 
And and you also were part of the four by four team team um, who took out that title um, as well. How cool is that being part of the that really strong team? Such it a is, such an epic yeah, team. It is so cool. Um, I am so excited. I think we're all so excited to see where that team goes. Um, yeah, there is so much potential there. I mean, you've got myself. That was myself as Neil Cameron Smart and Georgia Hulls. Um, and when you take into consideration that Cameron, Izzy, and I had all that was our third four hundred over over three oh, days. Wow. Yes, um, yeah. <laughs> Georgia had run two two hundreds previously as well, so we were all, you know, pretty tired. And I think I I can't remember off the top of my head, but we were sort of within we were relatively close to the New Zealand record. Um, yeah, and not all too far off. A qualifying time for world relays which is the goal for that team awesome. um yeah and when you take into consideration that we were all we were all a bit tired um we hadn't had any previous training together um and you know you don't really know how to do the changes they're much less complicated than in a four by one but um yeah much much less room for error but you know you still want them to be efficient yeah. Um, which I don't think we had quite nailed, understandably, as we hadn't trained totally. for it. So when you take well, into account other... those factors, we're go- like it's going to be a phenomenal team. I think I'm really excited to be a part of it. Yeah, and then you've got Porsche there who can step mm. in if anyone's injured, and yeah, it's exactly, a yeah solid group of girls. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm super pumped to see what you guys can do next year. It's just a shame that we we can't send a team this year like no. we did. I think it's 2014, eh, that we sent a team to the Com Games. Um, yes, and yes, I think yes. Porsche was part of that team. I believe memory. that is the team that yeah. currently holds the New Zealand record. I yes. think off the top of my head. Yeah. I'm not very good with my history, but <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure you're right. But yeah, well, like, like with you three, um, Izzy, Cameron, and yourself, like I think mm. you guys are all in the the top kind of eight all time times with with Porsche up there as well. So we are, yeah, um, yeah. So that's that's got to be the the dream team to, to take down oh, that record and yeah, yeah go, go to some. It's so exciting, yeah. Cool, awesome, and so um, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about um the the actual world champs and, and what your sort of plans are for that but what was it like when you got that news that you were bound for the states and off to um, eugene it was it was actually quite conflicting so i got that news about a week ago yeah. um so it was very this has happened I, fast far it's escalated incredibly quickly um because you weren't uh conditionally selected right you you weren't even on the list no. at that stage uh, yeah. No, I wasn't. I, off the top of my head, I believe I hadn't run enough 400s to have been placed on the rankings. Um, right, okay. You need, yes. you need five. They take your points. Yes. They take an average of your points from five. And I don't think I had run five races. Um, and so I applied for an extension on my qualification period. Um, and that extended to include Oceania's. Um, and so I think I've ended up, I ended up in a position where I've been really lucky where I've, I've performed well at, at key races. So Brisbane track classic was another key one. Our, our, our track and field champs were, were important. I've, I've managed to perform at sort of, I think I've done six, um, six 
sort of competitive 400s and I managed to bring them all together enough that I was in a position where I could be selected. Um, That's amazing. That's yeah, so cool. which is, yeah, which is I'm, so I'm, cool. I'm just looking at your points now on the World Athletics rankings and, and yeah, mm-hmm. you've got first place for all those five scoring events and all except for one are under that 53 second mark um, with one of those being a heat at Oceania. So, um, Oh, really? Yeah. I, yeah. I suppose, I suppose yeah. You, get, you get a pretty good points bonus for it being at Oceania's, yeah. Yeah, totally. So that had just over 1,100 points compared to the win at Oceania's, which was 12.59. So, yeah, it's a, it's really interesting, the scoring. And I think a lot of athletes will look at, like, what you've done this year and sort of use that as a, as a blueprint for, like, oh, actually, yeah. these meets are actually really important that I get oh, to, like the Segrain yeah. Douglas, the um, track classics in Australia, and, yeah, yeah. and and obviously Oceania's so yeah that's um that's interesting that the heat is on that because um I sort of discussed with my coach beforehand and a very conscious decision that we sort of were trying to decide whether or not I go hard in the heats and then Mm. go hard in the finals and try and get as many points from both as I could and we eventually decided that I wasn't um experienced enough in the 400 to be able to (laughs) like I've never had heats and then finals yeah right yeah figured, you know just get through to the final and then yeah. go hard don't, the final. don't um, burn all your matches in the heats yeah, yeah. so it would have been interesting to see wow. where i would have ended up if i had um gone hundies in that in that heat yeah um, totally hmm. that, that's so interesting so a week ago you get the yes. yeah. get the call <laughs> did you have did you were you watching the rankings <laughs> thinking all oh, this might happen um, I you were totally oblivious. I hadn't been at all. So my training partner, Anna Percy, messaged me um, the day before saying, oh, they've just pulled all of the 400-meter hurdlers out of the 400-meter rankings and you've moved up oh. into 38. And I was like, oh, an interesting that's development. An, <laughs> that's very interesting. So these are obviously the people who are not going to – they're going to focus on the four hurdles. That... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and wow. I was, I think I was, I was sort of in the mid forties, like quite a few people had to pull. I think seven, six or seven ended up pulling out. Um, yeah. but I still had very much felt like, um, just because I didn't have that conditional selection, um, I felt it was probably unlikely that I would go. Yeah. Um, and also I, um, I was actually in, in, I had COVID at the time I was in oh, isolation. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, oh my goodness so the plot yeah thickens. it was a while it was a wild week it was a wild, wild yeah. week. <laughs> um, but yeah it hadn't been it hadn't been on my radar whatsoever wow and so how did it how did it work out did you get an email or a call or, or um, Kat, a letter Kat in the austin. post <laughs> yeah that'd be pretty that'd be pretty old school um that <laughs> yeah. austin gave me a ring um and i was actually asleep yeah. when when she rang so I sort of like did that thing where you pick up your phone you're like oh god I'm gonna have to like answer and so you practice saying hello like just to check that your voice is working after you've woken up yeah 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 <laughs> um, and, like picked up and she's like oh hi like how are you I was like oh I have COVID it's not great and she was like oh do you want to come to world champs <laughs> um that's awesome yeah wow um, and then from there it sort of went from so um 
the people leaving from Christchurch. So I think Keely, Terry and Hamish were leaving on Sunday night to fly on very early on Monday morning. And so there was initially the um, suggestion that I would be on that flight. Um, And that would have given me sort of one weekday out of isolation and then a day and a half to get ready to leave. Um, Yeah. And so it all, it all got rolling pretty quickly from there. Um, I ended up not flying out until I flew to Auckland on, I think, Tuesday night after returning. So I had to return two negative tests 12 hours apart. Um, oh, which wow. I, that's, yeah, that's scary. It was, very, it was very stressful. So I returned my first one on Monday morning, and that was that was a huge relief because I'd actually yeah. I'd been still returning positive tests. And you can, you can continue testing positive yeah. for a good few weeks afterwards. So I was quite stressed totally. about it. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> And I, I had thought that it was a fluke. And so when I did my one later that evening, I, I got a bit manic about it. I sort of, I did multiple rat tests just to really, I was so stressed. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I did multiple rat tests throughout that day, just checking that they were still negative because I was obsessing over it. And yeah, yeah. Luckily wow. they were all, they were all negative. So I think since then I've probably returned somewhere in the vicinity of maybe 12 negative tests. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to make sure, right? I got a little stressed about it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I can definitely feel for you there. Like it's, it's sort of like the look at the last two and a half years and like mm. COVID's been such a disruption. It would be yeah. just the one thing to happen. You get COVID right at that moment where you get selected. I know. And I had, um, because I actually, I've had a, it's been a rough couple of weeks. I had, I caught the flu as we were leaving Oceania. Oh, so my yeah. first day of travel, I, well, my day of travel back from Oceans, yeah. I was quite unwell. I had about a week of that, um, was well for a couple of days and then caught COVID pretty much straight away. Oh. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was definitely something I was quite aware of. The, yeah, um, yeah. The sickness. Yeah. And, so, yeah. So it hasn't been a perfect build-up then for, for you uh, in terms of, of health. Now, mm. how's how's the body feeling now? Have you managed to get a, a couple of good sessions under the belt? Um, I know me and my family went through COVID a, a few weeks ago and I'm still yeah. <laughs> feeling the, not 100%. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. Um, that's It's been an interesting one. So I think a big element of it is, is you you hear you hear that you hear like I've had so many friends who have had it and they sort of struggle to come back to training, um, and you expect it to happen to you as well. And mm. so then it becomes this sort of psychological battle of how much of what I'm feeling is actually because of COVID or how, and how much yeah. of it is because I expect to feel this way post COVID. So I've been yeah. incredibly lucky. Where so I came out of isolation on the Friday. I went back into I did a sort of very chill training session on Saturday and then went into a little bit more intense on Sunday, more again on Monday and, um, just slowly you know, dip your toes in the water a bit deeper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I had cool. my, I had my first big session yesterday. So I had a 400, 300, awesome. 200 yesterday. Um, and obviously I'm, I'm quite jet lagged. I got off the plane, yeah. um, less than, less than two days ago. Um, so yeah, at this stage, it's just figuring out where my body's at and, um, I actually feel like I've recovered really well. I feel really lucky that that has been the yeah. case because so many it isn't. Um, yeah, and I think the biggest the biggest barrier is going to be just convincing myself that I am actually well. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, I know um, I'm, I'm in a totally different situation than you in terms of level of performance, but I've mm. run some of my PBs and, you know, good races off the back of, 
a week of illness or something and yeah. then oh, you, you take them. it's a natural taper <laughs> yeah 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 totally and it's a it's a good way to freshen up um mm. sometimes it's just the body saying look we it's time for a rest let's shut this down yeah, for a bit Look, you're you're in the best place in the world to go out there and just um, see what you've got, eh? So exactly. cool. It's 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 warm here. We're we're sort of hitting thirty degrees. I couldn't couldn't test yeah. it out in Christchurch. You sort of <laughs> eight, eight degrees and windy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So um, mm. let let's skip back a bit, and and we will talk um more about what what you want to get done at world champs but let's get back to uh, when did you first ever find, discover the sport of athletics and um and sprinting in particular were you a athletics kid sporty kid growing up or was this a later arrival in your high school years um I wouldn't say I was a late arriver but I certainly wasn't an early one I did um I did a little athletics when I was probably about seven or eight but you know, it was very, it was very much one of my friends quit and I was like, Oh, this isn't fun anymore. And so I quit as well. Um, and didn't really enjoy the competitive side of it. And even back back then I was struggling. I, I put a lot of weight on the shot put for some reason. I really fixated on that and every single week I would get three no puts and it just really, really got me down. (laughs) Um, and so all of these factors, um, contributed to me deciding to, go and do something else. Um, mm. I always did it through school. So you go to sort of zone centrals, that sort of stuff. Um, cool. And then I came back to it when I was in the 12 year old age group, I think. So I would have been about 11. Um, yeah. I was at my school sports and a guy came up to me and said, Oh, you should come to our club night. Um, and so I went and joined Phoenix athletics club, um, which is based cool. on pressure. And yeah, I was with them from when I was 12 through till when I stopped running at about 16, 17. Um, and it was fantastic. I actually, I initially started as a sort of shot put discus thrower. I wasn't very fast. Really? Yes. Really? Yeah. Well, I've got these, so real, you... I've, got, I've got long arms. Like I was, it was, yeah. yeah. So you were one of, you weren't one of those kids that would win all the school no. sprint races and like no. obvious, uh, yeah, like, sometimes it's clear that this kid's going to be a speedy yeah, a speedy I mean, within, sprinter when they grow up. Yeah. Within my primary school. So when I was about eight or nine, yeah, I was, I was the fastest. I beat all the boys in my school, which was very exciting to me at the time. Yeah. Nice. Um, and then when I was about 12, 12 to 14 or probably 12 to 15, really, um, yeah. I just had these growth spurts all the time mm. and they always coincided with the athletic season. It was like my body knew. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is this is actually something that um Anna and I joke about is that she and yeah. I were both um we were both D grade athletes. We both ran in like the last race um <laughs> on Saturdays. We were um we neither wow. of us were particularly quick and now we're both sort of um falling within the top however many in New Zealand over the yeah. same distances, which is really cool. Um yep. so we've both and this is <laughs> Yeah, and this is one of those things that uh, is, I think, especially for girls around that age bracket, and it is a bit the same for guys, especially late developers. Like, yeah. it's so hard to draw a line from what you're doing at age 12, 13 to you'll be doing this at age 22, 23. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's almost impossible, eh? Like, um, 
especially for girls, like often the girls winning at 12, 13, you don't hear from them once they hit 17, 18. And, yeah, and exactly. there's just this role reversal. Um, and I think the same with guys. Like I was, I was tiny when I was in year nine. Mm. Um, and yeah. And then finally uh, had a growth spurt when I was like 17, 18. So yeah, I, I think it's a good, good lesson for kids not to, not to give up too soon, keep plugging yeah. away. Yeah, absolutely. And I've definitely read a couple, I'm by, by no means an expert or anything, but I've read a couple of articles that um, have sort of suggested that it's from from the sort of age of 15 through to maybe 19, 20 for um, young girls, it's, you know, quite important to just focus on the technical side of things because your body is undergoing mm. so many changes. You don't know um like it's so it's so unfamiliar. You don't know where you're going to end up. Um, the event yeah. that you're good at when you're 19 may be entirely different to what you were good at when you were 14, 15. Um, totally. Yeah, and yeah. it's sort of much more important to just nurture a love for the sport rather than basing um, all of the positive feedback you get from it entirely on results because that's yeah. not not necessarily going to work or keep you in the sport. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm glad you, you stayed in the sport. What Do you remember what kind of kept you motivated to keep doing it through, um, through the high school years well, when well, you were doing <laughs> D-grade Saturday races? Yeah. Um, I just really enjoyed it. Um, I, I loved – I had such a cool squad. Um, there were a group of maybe five or six of us that were really good friends. Um, cool. We all loved training together. We had a great time. Um, and it was just, it was just fantastic. And then sort of once I, once I got to, so I was, once I got to about 14, I suddenly shot up into the A race, um, and started running some relatively quick times. Um, like within, within the South Island, I think that, um, they were, they were quite quick. The North Islanders are they're built different. Though. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many fast girls up there. It was pretty intimidating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I sort of got to the point where I would go to nationals and make the final, which was which was really awesome. cool. Um, oh. Yeah, and then I got selected to go to Oceania's when I was sixteen, um, and that was in Rarotonga. Really cool trip. Nice. Um, that was that was where yeah, exactly. And that was where I met um, Georgia Hulls and Brooke Summerfield for the properly awesome. for the first yeah. time. Um, cool. And, you know, those friendships have really continued. And then I came back from that competition and essentially quit. Um, really? Yeah. Because yeah, yes. I, was, I was looking through your, your results and there, I think from 2014, mm. 2015, maybe mm. there was a bit of a bit of a gap. Yeah. yeah. So what happened there? Um, so I stopped training um, around mid to late 2014. Um, I did continue to compete. Um, but it was one of those things where I, I struggled to see what the next step forward was. Mm. Um, and I didn't know what event I wanted to do. I was quite hesitant to specialize. You know, I was, I was doing okay in the sprints, but also I, I'd gone to Oceania's for high jump as well. Um, and, yeah, I was quite hesitant to specialize and a lot of people had started specializing. So I felt a lot of pressure there. Um, and I just, I felt like I, I lost a lot of motivation. Um, mm. yeah. And so I stopped training 
um, continue to try and compete, which off no training doesn't really <laughs> doesn't really work. And so then the you, two don't go together. <laughs> yeah, and so then you see you see a drop in your performances, and then that gets yeah. you down. And so yeah, I essentially had completely stopped by wow. mid twenty fifteen. I I think I still went to I still went to nationals at the end of the year, the secondary school nationals. Um, yep. and I believe that was my last competition that I did for a while I sort of came back and ran like an occasional 100 here and there but it would be kind of I remember going down and doing one at the start of my second year of university so that would have been the very beginning of 2018 or maybe the end of 2017 and I don't think I broke I don't think I broke 13 seconds like it was it was quite demoralizing. <laughs> so I sort yeah. of, and I was so tired afterwards. I like got home and yeah. it was like, wow, that was like the hardest thing that I've done in such a long time. <laughs> lay on the couch for two hours, unable to move after a hundred meters. Um, yeah. So the training <laughs> does work. There we go. <laughs> it, does. it does. And so about a year after that, I, I came back to full training. I joined Brent Ward's squad down in Dunedin, um, which cool. is such a loving environment. Um, so many fantastic people in that squad and Brent himself is just a great, great guy, really nourished my love for the, for the sport again. And yeah, it was, it was very life altering, clearly. Great. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. And then, so you get back to, from records I've got, um, 2020, you take the silver in the 100 and 200. So Mm. then you, you've marked your, like that's, that's a pretty big step up from, from being a teenager, um, yeah. you know, struggling with the sport and, and kind of letting it go to um, coming back and getting very close to a couple of national titles. Yeah. And I'm guessing um, that year Zoe won the one and two. She did. The 200, yeah. the 200 was, I think there was 0.01 between us. It was. Oh, yes, I remember such- that. Yeah, yeah, I thought you probably yeah. would. It was a very yeah. exciting race, and everyone was sort of like, "Who is that?" Yeah, <laughs> you, know, yeah. you don't hear it, but like often you don't really know what's going down in Dunedin. No one knows what's yeah. happening. Yeah, we sort of stick to yeah. ourselves and um, sometimes show up to competition <laughs> and then go back. Um, and I remember the weather that day was atrocious, oh, and was you're probably really like, cool. "This feels just like Dunedin." I this know. Is I was amazing. like, I've, "I've trained for this." <laughs> It was perfect. I'm acclimatized. Um, <laughs> Zoe coming yeah. down from Auckland, however, she's like, they were, this? And they were wind. All, I remember before the um the 100 meters, which to be fair, it was really cold before the 100 yeah. meters. But um, throughout the day, it hadn't been quite as cold, but all of the Aucklanders were in their like full length puffer jackets and freezing yeah, yeah. cold. It was, it was quite funny. Um, yeah. not, to, not to bag on the Aucklanders or anything, but um, it was it was funny. <laughs> We do like to bag on the Aucklanders. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so that kind of brings us up to the present day, and then you um, enter this current season, the 2021-2022 season. Like you say, do do some shot put, do some high yeah. jump, dabble in the 400, and then find yourself um, off to Eugene, Oregon. Um, yeah. And so that's such a cool journey, and especially to throw COVID into the mix there as, yeah. as you get the call up. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's been – because I, I had a very disrupted 2021 season as well. I essentially was unable to compete. Um, mm. So to come from, from that point through to 
through to the 2022 season and, and, and how much I loved that experience has been really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and remind me, were you injured in 2021 or, or was it health issues? Or? I had, I had a um, glorious combination of both. I, yeah. um, I, at this, gosh, when was it? It would have been sort of the end of August before the, that season started. I, mm. Um, had a kidney infection um, Ooh, that, that doesn't sound good. Yeah, so I went into I went into Annie and they told me that I was they did the classic checks that I wasn't pregnant and having an ectopic pregnancy. Um, yeah. And then after ruling that out, said that I was just having a back spasm and sort of sent me home with some ibuprofen. Oh, wow, <laughs> um, really? Yeah, and then I was admitted three or four days later with. Um, I was septic because uh, it had increased to quite a level. I couldn't walk. I was um, wow. in, in sort of a bit of a state of delirium. Um, and, yeah, they um, – it turns, turns out what had happened was – so they, they did a, a urine sample before when I went into A&E the first time, mm-hmm. and it showed that I had um, – that I had a UTI or something of the sort. Something going on, um, yeah. Yeah, and because it was a weekend, the um, it got sent to student health, and which deals with all of the students down in Dunedin. Um, and I, they didn't call me to let me know because it was a weekend. Um, and so oh, they wow. called me on Monday when I was in hospital with like sort of lines in my arms and they're like oh you have a uti it's like oh yeah. <laughs> no kidding <laughs> yeah you reckon wow um, okay yeah so unfortunately i was in hospital for about i think i was in hospital for five days which normally the you would only be in hospital for one maybe two days mm. for that sort of issue i think um and yeah, I was absolutely exhausted. I struggled to walk down the hallway. I had to take like a two-hour sleep after I went for a walk 50 wow. meters um, and then tried to come back to training much too early, didn't listen to my body at all. Mm. Um, and so I was sort of trying to run 150-meter reps and getting to the end of it and not being able to stand up feeling like I was going to pass out. I, I was very, it was very irresponsible of me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then as I started to feel better, I sort of panicked because the season was so close and uh, essentially overtrained and gave myself a stress reaction in my left foot, which thankfully yeah. never progressed to a fracture, which a I, was, fracture. I was really, yeah. really lucky, but I did end up in a moon boot. Um, and so that took me, I believe I was in the moon boot from January through till early February, I think. Mm. Um, and so I came out of the moon boot and raced, I think I did the ITM. Um, yep. And then I went and raced the park classic and tore my hamstring um, oh. on the same leg. And so that knocked me out what I thought was going to be for the rest of the season, but then COVID ended up postponing our nationals. So I, I did manage to make it to nationals. I ran yes. in the hundred heat um, yep. and then I ran the final as well, but unfortunately re restrained it in the final. And then also had the same issue as I, as I'd had a couple of years earlier when I tried to run that hundred, I got to the end of the heat and was absolutely exhausted because I hadn't been training um, yeah. And so ended up lying underneath the stand at, at um 
at the Hawks Bay Stadium just going, I can't even walk. Like, how am I going to run another 100 metres? Yeah. Um, wow. So, yeah, yeah. Last, season, it, last season was a journey. Um, it's often dominoes like that, isn't it, when one thing mm-hmm. kicks off and then you sort of think, oh, I need to make up for lost time or yeah. I need to rush back into it and then yeah. – yeah, and so it sounds like coming back from COVID, you've done the right thing and just sort of easing yourself back yeah. in. And, yeah, yeah, I've been very, very much listening to those around me and um, trying to, because you don't, there's like long COVID sounds so scary. Like yeah. that's not, you don't, you don't mess with that. Um, yeah. So yeah, just really being mindful of that and making sure that I'm listening to my body, listening to the people around me and yeah, taking as much advice on board as I can. Very cool. Awesome. Mm. So, uh, Eugene, Oregon, how, how, how is it over there? Like the, what's the vibe like in the, in the city? I've, I've never actually been to Eugene. I'm not sure if it is officially a city or not, yeah, but I, it's uh, track town USA. Uh, are you, are yeah. you feeling the vibe of the event? Um, well, we're actually in Monmouth at the moment, which is okay. maybe an hour's drive from yep. Eugene. I haven't actually checked that. Um, but yeah, we're doing our sort of pre camp here um and yeah the vibes are good um it's very different to anything i've ever been to before i mean before this i've been to oceania's and that's sort of um the only experience that i've had of of being in an nz rep team um but yeah it's a much it's a much smaller group of people um everyone sort of does their own thing and you, you interact with everyone and you hang out and it's, it's nice to do meal times with everyone. Um, but yeah, it's certainly a very, very different environment to, to what I've been in before. And it's really cool, really cool to learn. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. 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 And such a cool team to be part of. I was looking at, I think it was day one. The timetable for day one is just like this Kiwi. There's 12 12 athletes competing on day one, I think off the top of my head. It's crazy. eh? So we've got Hamish in the high jump. He's first Mm -hmm. up, I think. And then uh, the woman in the hammer throw come out later Mm -hmm. that morning. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, preliminary rounds for the men's 100, but I'm not sure if Eddie would be in that. I'm guessing he'll come later in the day. Yeah. Um, yeah, then women's shot put that afternoon um, and men's shot put. So cool. Yeah. I mean, when you consider that, um, like, last, last World Champs, we only had 13 athletes in the whole team. To have wow. just 12 competing on the first day is so cool. That mm. is awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, will you get a chance to go and watch anything? Oh, I um, really hope so. Um, yeah. Yeah, that would be epic. I'm not sure what the deal is with that, whether we're allowed to go like go in and watch or I'll, I'll ask that. I would yeah. love to do that if it's an option. Yeah, absolutely. And I saw, so you're starting on, what's this, the 17th of July. So that must be Sunday in States time? Yes, yeah, it so is. So maybe Monday New Zealand time? I think uh, so that's your... I think, yeah, Monday morning. Mm. Cool. So that's the heats. Um, and you've got the, the final of the women's hammer throw kind of just going on in, in the other corner of the stadium. So that, that will be... Cool. That will I'll be very cool. Hopefully... Run past. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully we've got three black singlets in that as well, um, yeah. which would be so epic to get those girls through. Um. Cool. And, and your, your goals for the race, is it just kind of um, do, do your best, lay it all out on the track um, and then see what that produces? 
Yeah, I think I think that is. Um, I mean, this has all been so whirlwind that I haven't really set any <laughs> any firm goals. This wasn't even on my radar yeah. eight days ago. Um, so, so yeah, I think just go out and have fun and enjoy the experience, run against some really cool people. Um, yeah, and just just love it, I think. Yeah. I mean, some of the um, absolute goats of the sport are, are going to be in, in the 400. I think um, oh. Miller Weibo will be there. Is, do you know if Alison Felix got I through? She or did she? I, she is. I okay. Yeah. I think, is that because she's so. got a world championship thing she going? She yeah. I don't know. She yeah. Hmm. But she's obviously one of the goats and so amazing that she's she's still doing it. Uh, yeah. I feel like and she's how, just a con- how cool to be um how cool to yeah. be competing sort of I mean, I don't know what heat lists are, but sort of along alongside her at her final world champs as well. Like that is um yeah. that is such yeah. a cool thing to do. Mm. Totally. Yeah. If if I was you, I'd be getting an autograph just as you yeah. <laughs> you're going into the, the mix zone afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's, that's very cool. Well, um, we are all all behind you back here in New Zealand, and, and wishing you wishing you the best, and and hoping the the body holds together and and fully recovers from from COVID and all that. Yeah. Um, but most of all, have fun and enjoy representing New Zealand. You've you've been the black singlet, and go yeah. go out there and smash it. Yeah. How cool. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Um, so thanks heaps, Rosie, for taking the time to join the show. And um, if, yeah, and if people want to follow your progress over there, is sort of Instagram the best best place to keep up to date with what you're up to? Yeah, probably. I've been a bit um, lax with using it actually, just because <laughs> like my my plane didn't have Wi-Fi on it. It was heartbreaking. Um, <laughs> I thought it was subpar service. Yeah, um, what do you do for twelve hours? <laughs> oh, it ended up being um being about fourteen hours. And I oh wow, I have I have a yeah. tale of woe for you. I was actually okay. sitting I was sitting directly next to Steve Solomon and didn't realise that it was Steve Solomon. So I had fourteen hours of, awesome. like uninterrupted, <laughs> potentially could have like, you know, asked him, see, how do you run a four hundred? Could have had a really cool answer, but no, I missed it. That's <laughs> okay. I'm looking up Love that. That's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. And your bags all arrived? They did. Yeah, thankfully. Cool. I did. My mum got me air tags, but I couldn't figure out how to work them before I got on the plane. All um, oh, right. <laughs> so thankfully, they all got through. And I was, I was traveling with um, Livy McTaggart, and all of her stuff got through as well. So we were, cool. um, we actually had a flawless, um, a flawless trip over. A few of the other athletes had, um, awful delays and it ended up I think Keely traveled for 62 hours or something when you took into account her like flight from Christchurch to Auckland and then staying in Auckland overnight and then going and yeah she was oh yeah awful time of it um so I was I was really lucky there (laughs) yeah no not at all cool well as I say um go well have have fun enjoy the experience and um we're we're all right behind you thank you so much 
Well, there we go. There is Rosie Elliott, and what a cool story. How cool is that? Like, the last, the journey she's been on since getting the double silver at National Champs in 2020, and then, you know, the the pandemic years that she's she's had to endure have been pretty, pretty brutal. Like, she talked about those health issues and then just the sequence of, of injuries that sort of dominoed together. And now to find herself in Eugene, Oregon, earned the spot with a black singlet on her shoulders and earned the spot in the team at the World Champs. What a cool story. And I, I, I want to use that as encouragement to everyone listening. Like, your goals might not be immediately to make a World Champs team. Maybe you're a, you're a Masters athlete. Maybe you're you're competing at a club level. Or maybe you you just want to hit a hit a personal best next next summer. You know, you can't control the fate in terms of like kidney infections or um, the the. The, the ranking systems like like she talked about when you take out the 400 hurdler athletes suddenly you're, you're way up the rankings and, and you get the call up into the, the world champs you can't control a lot of those external things but there's a lot of stuff that you can control and if you do focus on your processes if you keep your hand to the plough this is the sort of sport where you do get rewarded most of the time for good processes, for good training, good mindset, good nutrition, it does pay off. You know, one thing that I used to get frustrated with with team sports is very hard to know how well you actually performed because it didn't show necessarily on the scoreboard when it came to an in, in your own individual performance. But athletics, you know, you know when you've put in the work, you know when you've put in the mahi because usually, aside from some of those little external things, it shows on the stopwatch or the measuring tape so there we go there's my little motivational spare okay let, let's move on to talking through let's geek out on our team of 20 athletes and i'll try and keep this short not not bore you too much but let's go through what they've done this season where they're ranked in the world this year and what's what's it going to take to make a a top eight or a, a, a semi-final or a final spot so you know, what are we looking for them in, in the early rounds? Now, remember, World Champ starts on the 15th of July, so that will actually be the 16th New Zealand time. Remember, Eugene, Oregon's probably, what, 16 hours behind us? Something like that. Make sure you check that before you uh, get disappointed when you tune into to Sky Sport to, to watch our team go. Um, so 16th of July, it all kicks off. Now, let me go through the women first, then I'll, I'll go through the men. So starting off with the 100 metres, we've got Zoe Hobbs uh, lining up with the 100 metres. And, of course, she's just had a wonderful, wonderful seven months or so, breaking the New Zealand record multiple times, setting an Oceania record, going to World Indoors, all of that cool stuff. 11.09 is her season's best. 11.09, of course, is her personal best. So peak form... What can she do? She's ranked 14th in the world. How cool is that? Now, that's by the point system, not necessarily by time. So it may be favouring her a little bit, the fact that she took out some key meets in, in Australia and New Zealand and obviously Oceania champs. Uh, but ranked 14th, that shows that 
semi-final could well be on. Now, what would she need to do to make that semi-final? Well, so at Tokyo, at the Tokyo Olympics, the slowest little Q qualifier for the semi-finals, so that's the, um, the slowest non-auto, was 11 seconds flat. Now, that shows you how ridiculous the women's 100 metres is right now. Of course, we've got those three uh, Jamaicans who are just, like, tearing it up all the time. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see the world record get challenged this year. Certainly, you, you would expect those, one of those three to break the break a, a, a personal best, break the Jamaican record to, to win this thing. Um... But 11.00 was the slowest cue to get into the semi-final. Now, to get out of the heats and into the uh, slowest cue in the heats into the, is it the quarterfinals next, next stage, uh, was 11.21. Um, well, actually, I think I'm putting you all wrong. So the 11.00 was the slowest cue to make the Final, right, so that's that's a little bit more realistic. Okay, so that was the slowest time in the semifinals to make it into the, the top eight. Now, to make it from the heats into the semifinal, the slowest queue, this gets a lot more realistic, 11.21. Now, remember she ran 11.25 the other day, personal best, season's best, 11.09. She's backed that up at the Paris Diamond League with an 11.10. So... Let's let's see how she goes, but that gives us a good mark. So a good day in the office should see Zoe into the semifinals, and then let's see what happens from there. Okay, Georgia Hulls in the 200 metres, season's best of 23.17, personal best of 23.17. Remember, she took out the New Zealand champs, Aussie champs, and Oceania's. Pretty good season, so that really gives her some good solid points leading into this competition. Now, her rank is 30th. She uh, will need to, to make the final at Tokyo, you needed to have run 22.26. That was the slowest mark to get into the final. Now, the slowest mark to get into the semi-final was 23.16. 23.16. That is one one-hundredth of a second faster than her PB, so she'll need to be in absolute career-best form to uh, roll into the, the semi-final. But let's see how she goes. Now, how cool is it? We've got four female sprinters lining up. We've got the 100 covered, the 200 covered, the 400 covered, and the 400 hurdles covered. Rosie Elliott, who we just spoke to, she has a personal best and season's best of 52.59. She's ranked 34th as of the 5th of July, so I, I think that might have changed a little bit uh, since the qualification criteria closed. Now, the slowest little cue to make it into the final in to at the Tokyo Olympics, and this we're using that as the gauge, the last global um, outdoor meet, 49.81, my gosh, <laughs> that is so fast, 49.81, and to make it out of the heats into the semi-final was a 51.91, so she will need to be on form, and um, as we heard, she hasn't had the best build-up, but who knows? She's a gutsy runner, and I wouldn't be surprised having someone to chase down that, that home straight if we uh, see her. Well, she'll run out of her skin no matter what, and, uh, yeah, let's see how the performance breaks down. Portia Bing, 
of course, set a New Zealand record at the National Champs, 55-44 in the 400 hurdles. She's ranked 25th in the world. Now, what's she going to need to do to make the make it through to the next round? Well, 55-65 was the time that would get you out of the heats into the semi-finals in the 400 hurdles in Tokyo. So 55-65. So if she's near her PB or a little bit better, you'd expect her to make the semi-final. That would be a, a you know, that's probably an A performance uh, from her standards. A plus would be to sneak a spot in that that final. Maybe an A plus plus. Uh, as we know, the w- women's 400 hurdles is like the men's 400 hurdles at the moment. Probably we're going to have a world record in the uh, in the final of that that 400 meter hurdles, and there's a lot of women uh, chasing those those fast times as well. Okay, into the field events, Olivia McTaggart and Imogen Eris will be representing us in the pole vault. Olivia has had a really good season. She's she's bumped up her uh, PB to 4.65. She's got that consistency that she's been looking for. Remember, she had that accident when the pole snapped on her. Uh, when was that? A year and a half ago. She she missed out on Tokyo, injured her hand, and um, now she's back and she's better than ever. She's ranked 13th in the world, and she went to the World Indoor Champ, so she's got a bit of that, like, hey, I belong on the world stage uh, feeling going on now, hopefully. So uh, that confidence should be there, that she knows that she's supposed to be at the World Champs. She's ranked 13th. And what's what did it take in Tokyo to make the the final? So the lowest little queue to make the final was 4.55. Now that took 14 athletes through to the final. So 4.55, so she'll want to be in that those qualifying rounds. She'll want to be getting over the bar, um, certainly pretty close to her personal best. Now Imogen, she will probably need to personal best to make the make the final based on what we saw in Tokyo. So she's done a 4.45 this season. Her personal best is a 450. Uh, she's ranked 35th in the world, uh, so she will need to just be on fire in those in those qualification rounds to make the final, but how cool would it be to get the two ki- Kiwis through to the next round? Now, Madison, as I mentioned before in the shot put, she is very close to PB form. She got a personal best of that 1910 back at the National Champs in Hastings. She is ranked 12th, and there are there's kind of a bit of a logjam up the the top of the world rankings. With there's three women who have thrown over 20 meters this year: uh, Chase Ely, Yuan Song, and uh, Sarah Mitten from Canada. They are all up over 20 meters this year. Uh, so she's 19.10. You got to think that something around 19 will be enough to make the final. Remember she got 6th last year when she threw that PB. She had wonderful like one of the performances of the meet I felt from our athletics team in Tokyo uh, with an 18.98. Now she's cracked that 19 meter barrier. Last year at Tokyo, the 12 athletes to make it through to the final the lowest mark was 18.57. So expect it to be sort of similar, mid-18s, maybe high 18s. Uh, but if she can throw near her PB, 
in that first round, you've got to think it will be enough to get her into the into the final. Okay, in the hammer, we've got three women lining up in the hammer throw. Is this the first time? I'm pretty sure this is the first time we've ever seen three hammer throwers in one one event to a world champs. So amazing. Nicole Bradley, Lauren Bruce, Julia Ratcliffe are our team now. What are we going to see? Because Nicole Bradley, she took out the Oceania title this year, beating Lauren Bruce. Lauren had just done a bunch of travelling, so maybe wasn't on, on top form. But Nicole Bradley has set a new personal best, cracking 70 metres for the new first time this year. She is sitting at 70.45. She's ranked 23rd. Uh, and to give you a gauge on where women's hammer throwing is at the moment, she, Nicole's thrown 70.45. There's six women in the world this year who have thrown over 75 metres. So that gives you a bit of a look at, you know, to make that top six you or to medal, you probably need to be in that 75 metre plus zone. But what did it take at Tokyo to make the the final? Well, 71.68. And so that was 12 athletes through to the final with a 71.68. So that's that's in the ballpark for Nicole. If she has just the, the throw of her life, uh, it wouldn't be out of the question to see her crack into that final. How cool would that be? And I think these girls... I would love to see them just take this as a team sport. Let's get three girls in that final, three black singlets in that final and dominate. Let's put some team pressure on the others, other women and just surround them with, with black singlets. So, yeah, that would be so cool to see. So Lauren Bruce uh, this year, she's the New Zealand record holder of that 74-61 from May last year. This year, her best has been 73.34, new national champ. And I, I feel like this is a, seeing her win the national title for the first time ever was a, a really cool, I, th I feel like it was a sort of a monkey off the back moment where she, she proved she can do it on the big stage. She didn't have a great Tokyo last year. And so showing that she can turn up to a key meet where there's good competition. She had great competition at the Nationals. She came out with a, with a good clutch throw and claimed the national title. And hopefully that will give her the confidence that she belongs on the world stage and she just can get out there and, and express herself in the hammer throw circle. So she's done that 73-34. And again, if she's up around there... Uh, mid to low 70s almost guarantee you into that top top 12. So she's ranked 13th in the world this year. Julia Ratcliffe, she's thrown a 72-33. Remember, she was a late starter this season, took a bit of a break. Uh, I think she opened at the um, night of five uh, Five Ks? What are we? What are we got? Nine of five thousands? Nine of fives? That's that's what it's called. So that was at the end of end of March uh, in Auckland. Seventy two thirty three is her best uh, uh, this season. She has a personal best of seventy three fifty five, which used to be the New Zealand record. And she, her throw this year ranks her in 22nd place uh, for the year. But remember, she had a great. Uh, a great Olympics last year um, to make the final 
uh, throwing 73.20 in the Olympics. And, yeah, expect her to... Um, she just has a, a great head on her shoulders. She seems to stay calm in these, these big pressure situations. And hopefully we can see those three women all go through to the final. Now, the last of our female athletes taking part in Eugene, Oregon, Tori Peters in the javelin. So cool to see Tori after the disappointment of missing out in Tokyo last year. Now crack a new personal best with a 62.40. And that ranks her up at 19th place this year at the moment. Uh, now, what were we looking to in Tokyo to make the final? Well, 60.94. So that's a metre and a half shorter than her personal best to make the top 12 last year at Tokyo. Expect it to be pretty similar this year. So if she can get up over 60 metres, that's what we're looking for. Going past that 60 metre line and by a couple of metres and surely into that, that top 12. Okay, so good team of women. Now on to the boys. We've got Eddie Osai in Ketia. He will be lining up in the 100 metres. He's a good, consistent season this year. Hasn't broken his personal best, uh, which he set last year of 10-12. Remember, that's one, one, sec- one hundredth of a second outside the New Zealand record from his dad, old Gus. And... Um, his best this year is 10.19. He's ranked 39th. Uh, men's 100 meter running is, while we don't have the big superstar, there's kind of, we're sort of in this waiting period of what, who's going to be the next superstar? Who's going to consistently start running in the mid nines rather than high nines? We've got a, we've got a bunch of guys. 21 men this year have broken 10. So it's a really interesting, interesting dynamic. Now, last year at the Olympics, to make uh, the semifinals, the slowest uh, little Q qualifier, so that slowest non-auto was 10-12. So 10-12, so you'd need, Eddie would need to be PBing to make, uh, make it through to the next round. So remember he competed at the World Champs back in Doha with a uh, 10-24 for fifth place. Um, he was up against, was it? Tyson Gay, Justin Gatlin. I feel like he was right next to Justin Gatlin. Some, something, one of those Americans. Um, but anyway, cool to see him back again on the world stage. Disappointing that we don't have Tian, but Tian has struggled a bit with with injury and would have missed a few few points from uh, from that hamstring injury this year. A reoccurrence from last year. Now, Brad Mathis has done a great job of not only running fast, but also navigating the point system. So he went over to Japan, ran really well, got some key points, then came back, got the Oceania title in the 800. He's run a P, almost PB this year of a 146.10. Uh, his PB is from last year, 146.01. Uh, ranked 44th at the time that I checked it, so that was the 5th of July, so obviously enough to, to get the call up. Um, now, what's he got to do to make it through to the next round, get out of the, the heats into the semi-finals? So 
in Tokyo last year, slowest queue, and remember this is 800 metre running, which can be a little bit technical, tactical, but slowest queue last year was 145.97 in the heat, so he would need to be in personal best form and navigate the tactics, you would think, uh, to make it through to that next round, but it's middle distance running, you never know what you're going to get, and this boy has been waiting for his moment to really get that good international competition and step up. So on the big stage, we saw him get fifth at the Com Games uh, four years ago. So, yeah, who knows what, what Brad will be able to do. Now, to make the final uh, at the Tokyo Olympics last year, 144.30 was the slowest little queue. So pro a big step up from there. Okay, Sam Tanner in the 1500 metres. He's our sole 1500 metre runner. He's been running really well. Won a race at the weekend uh, in 3.36. Up against some good Americans, guys like Ben Blankenship and uh, others. I don't have the results in front of me right now, but he got a good win, and that's showing that he's got that tactical racing down. He, he's, he's definitely a racer. Um, and let's see what happens. He went to the Tokyo Olympics last year, didn't have a great performance, but um, I know he had to do a lot of work early in that season to, to hit the qualification marks, and I feel like he um, timed his peak a little bit too soon in order to hit those qualification marks. This year might be a little bit different, and he that win shows that he's peaking at the right time. Ran a PB of 334.37, a couple of weeks ago, he's ranked 24th in the world. Now, 1,500 metres can be run slow, ridiculously slow, or ridiculously fast. At the moment, the type of athletes that we've got leading the way, the Timothy Chariots, the Jacob Ingebrigtsons, um, the Aussies, the Brits, they tend to be uh, like the pace hot. They like it to be fast. And so you got to think the heats are going to be pretty quick. Remember last year, uh, Nick Willis ran a PB in the semi-final. Oh no, season's best in the semi-final of, like, what was it, 334, 335? Um, so it was hot. And I would expect it to be similar this year. The pace will be on. The top guys won't want to leave it for a, a, a bit of a roll of the dice in that last lap. So expect it to be quick. Now, to make the final in Tokyo, get this, the slowest little queue was a 3.32.86. Now, that's around about John Walker's 1,500-metre PB. That is wild. That's faster than Peter Snell ever ran, and to, that's just to get into the, the final of the Olympics. Now, the Olympics were run one in, was it 3.29? Jacob Ingrid Brixton, maybe it was 3.28. It was fast, whatever it was. Uh, so expect that to be fast. Uh, and so, you know, I would, I would really back Sam in a more tactical race, but he showed a couple of times this year that he's willing to go, go fast from, from the gun as well. That's how he won the national title. Okay, just a few more to get through. We've got two boys lining up in the 5,000 metres, Geordie Beamish, Hamish Carson. Hamish dropped that wonderful 13-17 PB uh, a few weeks ago. He's backed that up with a Diamond League performance uh, 13.20-something in Paris when it was super ridiculously hot. Um, 
he is in the best shape of his life in terms of the 5k and we know he represented New Zealand in the 1500 metres at the Rio Games. He's won a ridiculous amount of national titles in the 1500 metres. We know he's got that kick. So if it is a tactical heat, who knows what Hamish can do? And we also know that Geordie is just the same. He's got a killer kick and he's a real racer. So my hope is that the 5,000 metres heats for these boys are a bit more tactical and we don't get these big time trialy type and just run it from the gun. Having said that, there's the likes of Timothy Chariot, uh, world record holder in the 5,000 metres, Jacob Ingebrigtsen, again, there's a few guys in there that won't want, uh, did I say Timothy Chariot? I meant Joshua Chapter guy. Um, they won't want it to be slow. They will want to make sure they book their ticket, make it a done deal by the time they hit about 4K and then just sort of coast home from there. My hope is that it's a bit more tactical and give the likes of Geordie and Hamish a, a real sniff to get into that, that final. So the slowest uh, time to make the final at the Tokyo Olympics was 13.34. Uh, real tactical sort of heats last year. I don't think it'll be this tactical this this time, but who knows? Distance running, it's one of the beauties of it. It can go either way. Now, on to the race walks. We've got Quentin Roos still at, 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 still walking so well. It's, it's amazing the longevity of, of this, this man in the sport. Um, season's best this year in the 20K walk of a 122.23. Now, that's only a minute outside his personal best, which is set back in 2017. He's ranked 43rd in the world when I checked. Um, so, obviously, he has enough... Um, rankings or maybe did he hit the auto um i can't quite remember but anyway to make the top eight in tokyo in the 20k walk required a 122.16 now remember tokyo was stupidly hot we don't expect eugene to be that hot um so that's that's a factor last year's uh Olympics was one in 121.05 and 16th place was 123.53 so it was all pretty pretty congested and that suggests it was a little bit more tactical given given the heat Um, so yeah that gives you a bit of a gauge remember he got 16th in the 50k walk last year and was seven minutes off the win so expect a, a good solid consistent performance from from quentin Roo. he is he is mr consistent absolutely real real master of the craft of race walking now hamish kerr this is definitely one to watch when you're looking at the the timetable and you're blocking out those times when you want to be watching Definitely book in the men's high jump because he won the bronze medal at the World Indoors. He's within Kui of that top three. You know, I would expect him to make the final. That's the expectation that he's that he's earned. And um, PB of 231, he equaled that this season uh, at Worlds to, to get that bronze. Ranked ninth in the world and to make the final... 
at Tokyo last year required a 228. So expect that similar high high 220s, uh, maybe low 230s to make it into that top top 12. And uh, remember last year he got 10th with that 230, uh, really good performance in Tokyo. So can he PB? If he PBs beyond 231, he will be in, in the discussion for a medal, no question. Um, I believe uh, Bashim is not taking part. He's had some uh, some illness, I, I want to say. Um, I haven't seen much from him for the last few weeks, so that really opens it up for anyone's game. There's a lot of guys around that mid-230s, low-230s, so it could go anywhere if he has the day of his life. Who knows? He might be world champion uh, once this this final's over. But he would probably need to add five, six, seven centimetres to his personal best right now. So if he PBs, definitely in the discussion for a medal. So cool. Last two athletes to talk about are our two boys. They're always there at these world events. Jacko and Tom in the shot put. This is going to be so good. I'm so amped about this. Now, remember Tom dropped that, the throw of his life, 22.90 at the World Champs in Doha, and only to have two pesky Americans go past him and take the, the silver and bronze. Can he get back to that sort of form? He he has this incredible knack of peaking for when it absolutely absolutely counts. Like we see him in January, February and he's sort of just getting over 20 metres and it's just over 21 metres and then come the global champs, he's boom, out to 22 something. Can we see that again? So season's best is 22.31 personal best 22.90. He's ranked third in the world so that's our best ranking out of out of our team of 20. Lowest now. What is, what do our boys need to do to make the final? Well, in Tokyo, we were looking at twenty ninety was the the lowest mark to um, make it through to the the final. And remember, Jacko got ninth in Tokyo with a twenty seventy one. He's better than he was last year, and he's he's peaking into good form. Training's going really well. He threw that twenty one fifty eight PB just uh, a week ago, so he is in good form. And look, let's see how it goes now. Tom last year. Through 22.47 in Tokyo to get third. Remember, he had those real issues with just the officials were saying he was scraping the top of the, the stop board um, and he was fouling despite these good throws. And eventually they got it sorted. They looked at the footage and he wasn't touching the board. And uh, yeah, anyway, got, got the all clear. But that was bit of a um, tricky thing to deal with and so he did so well to, to keep at it and, and claim that bronze and that was just 20 seconds, 20 centimetres behind Joe Kovacs and then it was out to the stratosphere to Ryan Krause at, at 23.30 with that Olympic record. I, I think we've seen a few cracks in the armour of Ryan Krause this year I mean it's hard to say this because he's such a goat, he's the easy favourite but you know, will we see him just step up and dominate right from the start, or will he have an off day? He's on home territory. You've got to think he's by far and away the favourite, but who's going to 
take out those minor medals. There's there's a bunch of guys, you know, the Brazilian, um, yeah, the 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 Americans are obviously going to perform well on their their home turf. So, Tom, hopefully we can get him back up into those 22 meter 22 high zone and Jacko he's in good form let's see if we can get him into the 22s as well and if that happens who knows we could see two Kiwis on the podium do we dare dream so there is our team what a team of athletes heading over to Eugene I'm so pumped so excited so if you want to follow all the action make sure you can sign up on Sky Sport now even if you don't have Sky Sport and you can do a one week trial and then pay for your one month membership it's only 40 bucks so it's money well spent and um, you will enjoy every minute of it Well, good luck to all our athletes over in Eugene. We are right behind you all. Go out there and crush it. Enjoy the experience. You have deserved, you've earned the right to be there, and New Zealand is right behind you guys. Everyone back at home, stay warm, stay dry. You can probably hear the rain and the wind outside my window because it is stormy and wet here, but over in the sunshine in Eugene, Oregon, Our team will be putting it out there, taking on the world at the World Champs. We will catch you all soon.